0: There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. All so you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today.
1: Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, July 27. I'm Juliette Bennett Riley here with Ben Berkley, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're gonna to talk about how lonely we are, just so, so lonely, and why more and more apps are helping people like us make friends online. But first, let's talk about what else is happening in the world of business and tech. Day in AI, Netflix posted an AI position, a machine learning platform product manager with a salary range up to $900,000 a year. That is obviously great for whoever takes that role. That is a lot of money. But as you may know, writers and actors are on strike over low pay and AI concerns, which of course involves Netflix.
2: Yeah. One extra note about this job, because this is something we've been keeping an eye on this year especially a lot mm-hmm. of laws in california and new york where employers are required to put salary ranges on their job postings this feels like the most egregious case of like <laughs> huge ranges that i've seen because yes. you know we we talked about the top end of the ranges as 900k uh and we did that cuz it's you know an absurd number and it yeah. illustrates so much about this moment in time and how much ai is valued The bottom of the range was also absurd in its own way because it's 300K, Uh um, which like just doesn't feel like the spirit of the law was a range that gives you like 600K differential. I don't know how you Come up with that kind of huge range. Like, can you yeah. be a little more specific, Netflix?
1: <laughs> yeah, about everything actually. I want to know everything about this job.
2: Yeah, it's a really it's a strange job, but really excited for whoever gets it, because that my God, that's that's so much money.
1: Yeah, Cha Ching, congratulations for you. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of dollar signs, AR, VR, and XR startups in the United States raised $208 million in June, about as much as the previous three months combined. The catalyst is perhaps Apple's Vision Pro, which was announced on June 5. Meanwhile, it looks like Meta, Microsoft, Amazon, they're all tired of being lost in Google and Apple's map duopoly. So they have come together to release data on 59 million points of interest to help other companies build their own map products, which is actually pretty cool. At least I think so, because I like looking at transit maps. And speaking of Google, our, I guess... I guess that's the map winner. Right now, Google Maps, I think, has the best map. Google says over 2 billion monthly users are now watching YouTube Shorts, up from 1.5 billion last year, and that YouTube is reaching 150 million Americans on their TVs.
2: I guess that number kind of surprised me, but maybe in the opposite way, they feel surprising to other people because mm-hmm. I actually don't think I've watched a YouTube video on my phone phone in a really long time, which kind of like surprised me that more people aren't watching on their TVs. You know, that's like the life without cable Uh TV and having like a Roku, an Apple TV in the house. Like it's become my second nature to watch YouTube videos on my TV kind of via app. Like I'm interested to see if that number really takes off even more going forward and people will kind of forget that YouTube even has an app for for a smartphone.
1: Yeah, I, I was actually interested in how people consume YouTube these days. I almost never watch it on my phone. I will watch it on my computer most often. And usually when someone says, hey, look at this YouTube video. But I put it on my TV a lot for vibes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like the other day I had people coming over and they were like, we want to play this game. And it was all about Frankenstein. It was more so about Mary Shelley. And so I made my TV play this weird playlist that was called Dark and Stormy Night in a Victorian Manor. And it had gloomy piano music, a crackling fireplace sound, rain, and a picture of like a living room that was, I don't know, Mary Shelley could have sat in there. I would would believe it. And I was like, this is what I'm using YouTube on my TV now for, vibes.
2: I mean, that sounds way better than my Personal version of that, which was a like six hour looped version of Kermit the Frog doing Rick Astley's "Never Gonna Give You Up." <laughs> so, well, way to use it for vibes. I will learn from you. Glad All there. right,
1: and maybe this is why we don't have friends. And that brings us to to our next <laughs> to our next topic of conversation, which is apps for friends. Bumble just launched a new app called Bumble for Friends. It's available for iOS and Android in select countries now. And you may be saying to yourself, wait, did Bumble not already have a friend app? And yes, it did. It was kind of rolled into its dating app. You had modes for dating, for friends, and for networking, but you had to toggle back and forth between them. Bumble for friends is a standalone platform where you can swipe to find potential platonic matches. I haven't used it yet because it is very fresh. Like it just came out. I literally downloaded it today. I have made zero friends so far. (laughs) but um, You'll get there. The one thing that I really like is that it allows you to start group chats, so you can plan activities for multiple matches, which I feel like is great because I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm kind of stuck in a rut with my friends, which is not a bad thing. I have a set group of friends. I see them all the time. I love them. They're great. And then when I think about meeting new people, it feels kind of exhausting because it's like I got to set up this one coffee date or this one drink and they might flake on me and maybe it turns out I don't like them. They don't like me, whatever. But to set up a brunch with like eight people, that would feel a lot better.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I do think that it's really intimidating. I think, you know, you see studies that say there are a lot of young people who really feel like they're not comfortable going up to someone they don't know Mm -hmm. in real life and talking to them. You see this widening of obviously just like the loneliness epidemic comes up. A lot, and the numbers Uh are scary in terms of how many people feel alone. This feels like a chance where, you know, kind of what happened with online dating, where it crossed this point where initially it was kind of stigmatized and people weren't absolutely on board with it. Is this kind of that moment where suddenly making friends online is? much more socially accepted.
1: Yeah, I think so. I remember being a kid and online dating being like the butt of jokes on television. Like you were Mm -hmm. some kind of loser that you couldn't just go out and meet someone at the bar or the library or the grocery store or wherever it is people met each other back then. And (laughs) I feel like that sort of like, you're some kind of loser if it was like friends. Like, why don't you have any friends? What kind of weirdo doesn't have any friends? But as we've learned, It's hard to make friends for a number of reasons. You have these big lifestyle changes. Maybe you move to a new city. Maybe you become a parent for the first time. Your other parents don't have kids yet. Alternatively, they all have kids and you don't. And the pandemic, I think, really pushed us online. Loneliness is most common among younger people, predominantly Gen Z, according to a lot of studies. There was a Harvard study on loneliness. 36% of Americans feel serious loneliness, but that number increases to 61% when you're talking about people ages 18 to 25. And you have to remember that these people just did a ton of stuff online that typically they would have done in real life, going to high school, going to college, their first jobs. So they're already used to being online. And that probably increases a lot of loneliness because they don't have the face-to-face time that a lot of us millennials got when we were that age. So why not make friends online? You did everything else online and we're seeing these attitudes change, especially among younger people. A study, which of course was done by Bumble for friends. So, you know. It's <laughs> <Convenient. laughs> in their own front here. But 67% of Gen Z respondents shared that making new friends online lessens their loneliness. I saw another study that said 57% of teens say they have made a friend online and they typically do that through social media or gaming. So they're very open to making friends online. And I think that's the tipping point there. Yeah. The one thing I like about the idea of having apps specifically for friendship is, okay, so I have attempted to use friendship type apps. And sometimes I make a friend but sometimes it goes very poorly. I think it's really smart for Bumble, like you said, to separate the apps out and be like, this is for friends. This is not for dating. I, about once a month, maybe if that, I I go to something on Meetup, mostly because I'm trying to meet people that live in my neighborhood, like very, very close to me. And I would like to add those people to the existing neighborhood friends that I already have. So I'm trying to build out my friend group. And, Here's what happens when I go to meetup. One, I go to a tech meetup. I tell people I'm a journalist and they're like, let me pitch you my startup right now. Okay, and that's my night. That is my night. My night's over. Okay, option two, I go to a neighborhood meetup. The last three times I have gone, I'm talking to some woman, she's great. And then a dude comes in who for some reason thinks that it is a singles meetup. It is not. There are singles meetups that you can go to. If you are looking for a date, go over there. Why are you here? I also met someone who was looking for people to cosplay in his Roman generic cosplay group, which feels like a very specific type of meetup that maybe he should make specifically for that. And I think what I like about this is, to that point, the structure of it. Like, I like the structure of like, this is just for friends. Don't you come over here and try to sell me an MLM or pitch me your business or try to go on a date. This is just for friends. And I think also going out and trying to like meet a friend organically at a bar or a coffee shop can be a crapshoot, especially when you're talking about people who are short on time and money. Like you could go to a bar and order a beer and sit there all night and no one would ever talk to you. And then it's like, cool, you spent money and you didn't make a friend. You could have just stayed at home watching Netflix.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, whatever takes care of this loneliness epidemic in any way, shape or form, all Mm -hmm. for it. And we'll see if, if this probably pays off for Bumble or not.
1: All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Truppiano and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. So if you are not a subscriber, go get yourself signed up at the hustle.co slash email and we'll see you tomorrow.